Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Bill. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here on a Monday. We are happy to be joined like we do use at least uh, once a week with our friend Tyler Griever from WDRB. Yeah. Tyler, I'll, uh, I'm going to make you wait to do your Ravens gloating. Uh, so oh. you can just view this as like, <laughs> as like taking your medicine first. You got to eat your vegetables first and then get to the, to the important part. <laughs> So let's oh let's start. With, Why do uh, I agree to do this? this you're going to get to do it. You're going to get the gloat eventually, Tyler. I promise. Right, fine. Go ahead. Fine. Fine. Go. Go. All right. Or how surprised are you that Louisville was not the first school to can their coach? Oh man. Um. Wow. We're getting like right into the heavy stuff. There was no. There was no like. No. No amuse boost for you, bud. All right. Woo. Okay. Here we go. So I'm not surprised by it just because I have thought that Kenny's going to be here till the end of the year. Uh, ever since the decision was made by Josh following that two week break, um, because I, I really thought if it was going to happen, um, first of all, I think if he would have chosen to do it at that time, he would have had good reason. Like I, I thought that the resume up to that point warranted that to be considered. But once he decided to hang on to him at that point, that kind of gave me the impression. Plus, the conversation that I listened to uh, that Eric had with Josh back then, on w- we got the full thing on WDRB, um, that gave me the impression of a guy who, who was going to wait it out with him, no matter how wrong or right you may think that is. Well, Tyler, is there anything that you think could change that? Uh, between now and the end of the year, it, it, and, and I don't mean anything outside of the team. Like I don't, because the last right. thing I want whenever I ask these questions or bring this point up is for anyone to feel like emboldened that there's supposed to be like some sort of protest or something. I don't want people to try to force no, it to happen. But no. what what do you think could happen that maybe would force them to say that, like this can't go any further? Uh, I don't know. I mean, let's be real here. The only one who can truly answer that question is Josh, right? I mean, and because it's ultimately his call. Um, and it was made pretty clear in that conversation with Eric that that is his call to make to take uh, to L the president. All I mean, there's a process to those things, too. So uh, obviously, Josh's feelings are what's most important. But 
Um, I don't know, because if we're going to use the barometer of, well, it's got to be a really bad loss. Okay, well, how many of those have we seen? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's added up. And, I mean, we literally just watched. I got to make something clear real quick about that game against Wake Forest. Like, that might have been the worst display of three-point defense I have ever seen from a power conference program. I mean, it was a business. Like, let's just be very clear about that. Uh, and when we talk about things like effort and buying in and all of these things, like, okay, that's fine, but usually that's the end of the floor where you would see those things more than anything else. And I, I don't really know how to – you can't really defend that one. That was a, that was a very bad defensive effort. Um, so my point being – if you're waiting for, like, the, the loss that feels like the straw that breaks the camel's back, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we've seen plenty of bad losses to do that, right? Uh, you would think, Tyler. Yeah, this one, uh, look, a lot of the, uh, the angst, the anger, frustration, uh, eye rolls, whatever, however your, your feelings are about this, circle uh, around the idea of Zan in the starting lineup. What, yeah, your reactions uh, to any of that, uh, and maybe what they were even trying to do. Uh, it's very easy, I think, to look at this and be like, "He's trolling us," and I, d- I doubt that it's that. But man, it's hard for it to not feel like that. Yeah, I, I reacted to the Zan thing. First of all, I think like I'm going to preface this for a second. I mean, he is just a you know a young man in college here, so I mean. I don't sure. think like overly putting a microscope on him playing is very good to him or fair to him. So I'll just start with that. But the second part of it sure. is I, I cannot defend Kenny doing that. I, I don't, or defend the wrong word, rationalize maybe. Like I can't rationalize that decision. In, in terms of the, the logic given as well, oh, I want a better effort on defense. So okay, your first your first answer to that was starting Dan. Right. Like that's not, you know, and, and not to mention for a minute, I don't think it's fair to Zan either to put him in that position that's right. with, that's right. with that kind of with that kind of explanation either. 100%. Um, I mean, who like what coach? How many career minutes did Zan play before he started that game? It couldn't have been much. Like. I don't have it off the top of my head. I guess I can look it up on my laptop right here, but but it wasn't a lot, okay? So for somebody to make a start out of nowhere, which is presumably what we're going to use to describe this, you would have either had to be someone who was a new recruiter we hadn't seen yet, coming off a serious injury, like all of these different things to come with that credential to be ready to just – start a road conference game against a Wake Forest team that kind of can't afford to lose to you. You know, like they're, they're, they've got a big one coming up. They're trying to build their resume. So they're not, you know, they shoot better from three than anybody in the league. Your three-point defense is your team's weakest point, arguably. And the choice is, okay, I'm going to start my son who is literally barely played. There's, that's, not a, that's not a feasible response to that. So... I, I don't know. I don't think. I think all in all, it was a bad decision. Uh, and on top of it, I just don't think it was fair to the young man who's being asked to go out there and say, "Yeah, improve our defensive effort on the road against a really hungry team." Probably tried as hard as he could and just wasn't put in the best spot. 
We're talking with Tyler Griever from WDRB here. Uh, Tyler, they're going to turn right around now and face Duke, who's playing, look, really good basketball. It's a really talented roster, that sort of thing. Uh, and it really feels like all of the goodwill coming out of the Miami game and all of just kind of the good energy uh, mm-hmm. coming out of the Miami game. They were they spent that very quickly with not a whole lot to show for. What are you expecting in that Duke game? Oof, that's a great question. Because um, I would argue, too, and, and Mark, you and I talked about this at length, I really thought that the effort against NC State wasn't like a bad effort. I mean, I really thought that was yeah. a, a loss where they fought pretty hard. They had some execution lapses, but again, they didn't guard from you know they didn't guard the three that cost them in that game. Uh, so again, it rears its ugly head. But the Wake Forest game felt just totally different because a you regressed from an already bad performance defending the three, what literally cost you the game uh, not that long ago. Uh, the the North Carolina effort, you know, wasn't crazy or anything like that. So I think that was just, this has been a bit of a missed opportunity uh, for Kenny at this point to try and come into the Yum Center with a big opponent coming in and really have some goodwill to to work off of. And I think energy flows from goodwill, right? So when you, we talk about the energy of the building most of the time in the Yum Center, even when I, I think Louisville fans deserve credit, the ones who are there, because I do think they try to let this team know, like, hey, we're here for you guys. Like, just give us something to to cheer about, you know, whether it's a dunk, a steal, all of these things. Um, but when you just kind of don't have much to pull from, where are you getting that energy from? And that's difficult. So I think that's what I'm interested to see with Duke coming to town. Uh, obviously, there's the the Nolan Smith connection angle as well that I think, feel like that's always relevant and interesting. Um, so it, it'll be a, an intriguing night at the um, center. I don't expect the game to be terribly competitive. I mean, I think Duke, who, who's had its own struggles, is just a vastly talented team compared to Louisville, and probably I would assume it's not going to be pretty, but uh, we'll see. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, Tyler, just to let you know, before the game on Saturday, Zan had 107 career minutes at Louisville. Okay. A total of four points, 18 rebounds, and two assists in 107 minutes. Yeah, and you I didn't mean, add any of those totals in the 17 minutes he played on Saturday. Uh, and that's, I mean, again, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like you you look at those credentials, and if it's improving defensive effort, and that, that that's just yeah, just doesn't that up to me. But um, again, it's not not fair to the kid either. It's not just not just they didn't perform well. I just don't think he was put in the right position there. All right, Tom, I'll let you now change uh, gears uh, to something a little bit more uh, positive Oof, for you. Okay, yeah, now, let's do it. Let's, let's, All right. talk, uh, let's talk about your boys, uh, the Ravens there. Uh, they got the yep. Red Hot Texans, uh, yep. kind of let them hang around in the first half and then really just bullied them, uh, I thought, in the second half. Just did your general feeling on, on how well Baltimore played and just how, how one-sided that game was in the second half in particular. Well, well, okay. So first off, let's let's get this straight. Baltimore is known as Charm City, so I think the Ravens graciously, charmingly, allowed Houston to compete in the first half to help ESPN get those historic numbers they just put up for the uh, the ratings on that one because they were pretty massive. So look, let's get that out of the way. Let's commend a class organization like the Ravens for letting the Houston Texans hang around. That was nice. I really appreciated it. 
I thought it was class, full class. And then, yeah, in the second half, you know, oh, we have Lamar Jackson, who's the best football player on the planet right now, and our defense is all world. So, yeah, no, it was uh, a lot of fun. That was me putting the fan cap on for a couple minutes. It was fun to watch. Um, And you can't really ask for much better than Ravens Chiefs uh, and the first conference championship game the city of Baltimore hosted since the last Louisville legend played quarterback, Johnny Unitas, that's, that's pretty awesome. Does this Baltimore team seem different to you from the previous uh, iteration no, of no Lamar question. Jackson yep. uh, Baltimore teams? No question. Yep. Um, I think it's the best team, number one. I think it's the most, like, it's the most well-built, well-rounded team mm-hmm. they've had. Because even in 2019 when they dominated 14-2, and two, I really thought you, you watched it, and Lamar was good enough. And this is not me picking at his passing numbers or anything like that. He was spectacular. But look what he was working with back then. And, and like, the receiving core is so much better now. I think the defense is better now. And they're not, like, historic rushing rate good like they were in 2019, but they still run the ball really well. I mean, they, they just mashed it down Houston's throat to, to even help Lamar in that game. And they're doing that with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. So not like prime time talent. They already lost J.K. Dobbins and Keaton Mitchell. So um, that's why it feels different to me. But then I watch the guy playing quarterback, and I'm like, oh, no, he's legitimately like playing out of his mind. So if, if you watch Lamar Jackson this season and go into any game thinking that you're going to lose, uh, I don't understand that because he's played at such a high level that like you're going to have a shot to win pretty much any game that he is playing, and that's the level he's at right now. All right, give me uh, quick thoughts on the other AFC playoff game. It was uh, the latest in a series that's been incredibly fun uh, between those two teams come playoff time. The Bills owned them in the regular season. They owned the Bills in the postseason, and it was an agonizing uh, missed field goal, wide right field goal again uh, for Buffalo. Tyler, it feels to me like like there are teams that just sort of seem to have your number sometimes, and sometimes you have the um, the unfortunate bad luck of just being born at the time someone else is around doing their thing, and it just kind of feels like that with the Bills and with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Well, and let's be fair too. Uh, you know, if the Chiefs win this Sunday, I think there's going to be some Ravens fans too. Not nearly the history of Buffalo. I mean, they've won two Super Bowls and stuff, but like recent playoff history. It's going to be hard for anybody to feel like we're not just existing in the era of Patrick Mahomes, right? And, like, we very well could be. Like, let's be real about it. I, this Chiefs team, I, I'm very impressed with the fact that they're here because their skill positions just aren't that good. I mean, Rashi Rice is nice. Kelsey had a good performance. But I just don't think we expected it, and it's because their defense is really damn good. Like, Steve Spagnuolo has done a great job. Um, with that group, I think their secondary is really talented. Like Legarrette Sneed, Steen totally took Stephon Diggs basically yeah. out of the game last night. And not only that, I don't. That's a criticism I have of maybe Buffalo is like I thought they ran the ball well, but like they didn't even try that much with Diggs. I don't feel like they did. But um, you know, Josh Allen, man, sometimes you got to take that stuff in front of you. Like Mark and I were texting about earlier. I mean, Diggs is coming wide open on a drag route. You can get that, and he's going to get a big gain. He had a ton of room to work with. And instead, like, you choose to make a really tough throw to the end zone, 
And I think the throw would have been there if Chris Jones didn't bring the pressure. But, like, I don't know. Time and situation there, I think you just take digs, take the yards, and you keep going. But that's easy for me to say as I'm, you know, walking around in my living room. But uh, it's it's tough. It, it's a tough loss, and I really feel for Bills fans because they're fun, man. That's a really fun group. They deserve to see something. Yeah, I think the Chiefs just seem to have their their uh, their number. I think both of these uh, AFC NFC Championship games are going to be incredibly fun, uh, really oh, yeah. really good matchups. Uh, are, uh, you can, look if you want to be a homer, I don't care. That's fine. But what's your your gut tell you? What kind of Super no. Bowl are we looking at? Well, yeah, I mean, sure, I'm going to be a bit of a homer, but like I, you can talk to me weeks back, months back. I I just think that this has been Lamar's year. I think it's been the Ravens' year. They they got hot at the right time and the talent warrants it uh you know in terms of a guy kind of paying his dues and taking his lumps i think lamar's done that and then there's a process of of that as an nfl quarterback right well i guess except if you're patrick mahomes you just go to the afc championship game like every year and it's fine because you're that good every right? year <laughs> yeah but like how many stories of quarterbacks in the league like early on had to really take some tough losses during the playoffs or whatever, or, or luck or circumstance, to be able to then get to that next level. Well, Lamar's really done some of that. Um, and it's and it's showing in the way he plays. So, But, like, I guess this is a hedge, but if there's anybody in the world who can put up his hand to say, hey, that's a really cool story, but I'm still here, it's Patrick Mahomes. And that's, the guy's that good. I would never totally discount him, but... Yeah, I would pick the Ravens to win the AFC. Uh, in the NFC, I'm kind of digging the Lions, man. I'm I'm not I'm not down with the Niners yeah. right now. I'm really not. Like I thought, they absolutely should not have won that game against Green Bay. I agree. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just Brock Purdy doesn't do it for me. I think he's fine, but man, the fact that rationally-minded people were like, yeah, Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson, they're both of the same value to their team. <laughs> huh? Yeah. What? What are we watching to make that conclusion, man? Come on. Brock Purdy had two uh, really good throws on Saturday. Did, but two really good th- well, the rest of the game was bad. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was... Yeah, it was just, like, I think that game came down to the 49ers' defense could hold on to the ball yeah. for a pick. And the Packers defense could not exactly. Uh, it was it was not fun to watch. So having said all of that, uh, you know, anyway, I just don't I don't see. Uh, I, I think it's going to be the Lions. I think they're going to beat them. I think they're going to beat them. I think they're going to go in there and do it. Um, it's either that or maybe San Francisco shook all the rust off in that game and they come out and, and stomp it. You know, I mean that's that's fully possible to me too. But I like the way Detroit's playing. I think their defense is playing better. Uh, than we thought they would. They're getting pressure. Uh, Golf, you know, I think Golf is playing really good football, and they have a nice power running game. Uh, Like, we worry about the 49ers' physicality, but I don't think the Lions are going to go in there and get pushed around. I don't don't see that. Like, I think their running game, that's where the game might be decided, is if, like, San Francisco can check their rushing attack, keep it there, and, you know, force Golf to throw it 40-something times, you know, then, then the Niners are going to win the game. But if the Lions can keep that running game in it, I think they're going to have a really good shot. Niners better account for Aiden Hutchinson, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah. Oh, my God. The shots of him uh, 
like taking it because he's from Michigan, right? He's yep. a Michigan native. I think right. they had yep. the shots on the broadcast of him just like staring at the crowd celebrating. That was top notch stuff. Uh, those were awesome. Yeah, that crowd was nuts. I think for both of their yeah. uh, playoff games. I'll ask you to go back in time. Uh, and try to be as honest as you can about what you thought of Dan Campbell when they hired him and the whole kneecaps and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, I, you know, I was convinced he was a total meathead and this was going to be yep. a disaster. Yep. Uh, and I, I could not have been more wrong. I guess, like, to what extent are you just shocked that not only has he not been a disaster, but he's the yeah. game from the Super Bowl in what looks like the most organized, uh, straightforward three-year plan we've ever seen? <laughs> I, I'm completely impressed honestly i kind of thought he was a buffoon at the beginning <laughs> like like some guy who was going to have some quote in a couple weeks like just bashing analytics uh or you know just like being arthur smith if that makes sense like arthur smith is yeah i'm not surprised to not see him have a job with some of the stuff he says um so dan wasn't that he did not become that he actually i i, I dig the emotion he brings to it and, you know, I don't know. Detroit has, has had such a bad rep for a while with the losing that they've seen that it had to take somebody with this kind of approach to get it going, right? Like, it wasn't going to be some Belichick clone coming in and saying they're on to Cincinnati every week. Like, dude, no, you coach the Detroit Lions. They went 0-16. Like, you gotta, you got to inspire something out there or at least to me that's what it seems like i mean i don't watch a ton of them i don't read a ton of their stuff but that my best friend uh jack is actually a, a diehard lions fan um and we went to the raven Lions game in baltimore this year and i think he would tell you the same thing like it's just you got to bring some sort of fire to a situation like that and it's been pretty awesome to see them have success Tyler Griever, WDRD, man, thank you so much for making time, uh, as always, buddy. Enjoy uh, the Ravens this week. Hopefully they'll, uh, they'll bring you another Super Bowl, man. Thanks. See you, bud. Yeah. yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Tyler Griever, WDRB, good stuff from him. As always, I would imagine, uh, Dave, if Ravens fans got to feel like this is just a different thing uh, this year, and I, I really felt like I was watching them kind of play with their food in the first half of the yeah. game against Houston. Uh, and was just thoroughly impressed by what they did in the second half. Like it was almost like they, you know, when like somebody's playing a video game and like they lean forward in their chair, like I'm about to get serious. You know, like, that's what it felt like the Ravens did uh, against Houston in the second half. Against a Houston team that's been playing extremely well uh, in the second half of the season, uh, and they just dominated that game. And they just they have that feeling of a a team that's not even enjoying the ups and downs of this ride that they're just like maniacally focused on getting to the end of this and winning a Super Bowl. I, I, I love the not only how they're – just the way they look and talk and, and everything about them just seems – all the vibes are right with the Ravens. Yeah, Houston's been, I mean, putting up points on good defenses, uh, really good defenses, yeah. making them look bad uh, in the second half of the year. C.J. Stroud's been excellent, and they, they held them to nothing in the second half. Not just points-wise, yards-wise. I mean, what, they have like 39 total yeah. yards in the second half, something ridiculous like that. They could not do anything. And this is a Ravens offense that's playing better than they've ever have under Lamar Jackson because of the fact that they've opened it up. Munkin has brought, you know, the passing game to Baltimore. Even though he doesn't throw for extraordinary amounts of yards on a regular basis, it's the balance and the threat and the and the the route trees that actually make sense and the receivers that will 
actually catch the ball. They're treating, like we've said millions of times this season, they're treating Lamar like Lamar needs to be treated, like the complete quarterback he is, instead of just using him as a, you know, the limited player that the rest of the league sees him as. He's not that. He's dynamic. And he's as good a passer as he is a runner. And that's what we've seen this year. And you take that with this dominant defense that absolutely just smacked Houston on Saturday in the second half. And they're they're on a mission. They're as good as they've been under Lamar. Uh, and it seems like the offense just gives you exactly what you need every week. You know, like it, if if you need to to hold the ball and 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 you know take chunk running plays and and kind of uh, methodically move the ball down the field, you can do that. If if you need quick points, you can do that as well. Like they just they've got the balance in offense. I think brings a different element to where. If they're not moving the ball between the, the tackles, you know, and they're not getting yards on the ground, uh, it doesn't completely paralyze their offense like it did in, in years past. I was impressed with the Chiefs going into Buffalo and, and sticking with the very, very ground based game. You know, the mm-hmm. sticking with running the ball and, and it what it re- it reminded me of the the final couple of Patriots teams. That, uh, especially the the last, I think, Super Bowl winning team in New England where they beat Kansas City in Kansas City uh, with a, a playoff game plan in that game where they ran the ball two-thirds of the time and really dominated time of possession in that game. And Kansas City just kind of was not ready for that. And, and there's, for as much as I'm impressed with the Ravens, I loved the fact that Kansas City went to, uh, to Buffalo and just it, it bullied them. You know, just went up and down the field without hitting all these huge pass plays, but was efficient and they were under control and they were completely impervious, you know, to the to that crowd, which was nuts uh, for that game. I, this AFC championship game is going to be spectacular. Yeah, now I've seen a comparison to that like 2018 run the Patriots had where it was like you yeah. had the run game, like Grok was still like he was on his last leg at that point, at least in New England. And, like, yeah, that, like, AFC title game was, like, literally just throw to Gronk on third down. Edelman had a couple big plays, but it was, like, yeah, Rex Burkhead and Sonny Michelle, who are both out of the league now. They were the <laughs> two, uh, two guys. Yeah, that was a rookie. Sonny Michelle had, like, the one of the best playoff runs I've seen by running back. And he's out of the league in, like, five years because knees could hang up. But I've seen that compare because, like, Kansas City, the receiving core, it's not where they used to be. Tony has always been inactive lately because he's been injured. Yeah. But, like, you got Kelsey. Rasheed Rice, I do like Rasheed Rice. I know he's young. Yeah, Rasheed Rice is good. And Pacheco's a great running back. was a seventh-round pick just a year ago. Um, but they do have a really inexperienced team in the receiving core. But you can't doubt Mahomes ever. It's funny because a lot of people, for for good reason, we're, we're emphasizing how Brady has, has finally brought the, the running game to Buffalo, you know, and it's been so good in the second half of the season. And they were expecting Buffalo to kind of win the game that way on – on Sunday, and Andy Reid kind of said, you know, hold my beer, and came back with, with Pacheco between the tackles and sort of warned him down a little bit. That and Stefan Diggs couldn't catch a ball. No, he couldn't. That that helped. Which I mean, I'm Buffalo did some things to help Kansas City. But, I mean, we talk about the – and we can get to this on the other side of the break, but the fumble through the back of the end zone made that more of a game in the fourth quarter than it should have been. Well, let's go ahead and take that break then. And uh, when we come back, we can continue on this discussion. We can open up the phones uh, and let folks weigh in on any of this weekend's action, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the, uh, the 
the Louisville Wake Forest Zan Payne uh, display. Kenny's once again uh, discussion about it afterwards not great, uh, or any of these wonderful uh, playoff games in the NFL with Louisville guys all over them. Uh, we'll talk about all of that here and more. We'll take your calls, your texts throughout here on the drive when I thunder the vote. Be right back. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull, the phone lines, they are open. 8150-939-3831-939 for the uh, UPS Shops text line. You're welcome to try and uh, hit us up that way interact with us that way if you would like uh, to do so a very busy weekend uh, with the, the nfl playoffs now setting up our two conference championship game matchups lamar jackson playing extremely well and his team playing extremely well mm-hmm. uh, in a divisional round win and now he is one game uh, from the super bowl and if you think that louisville fans uh, dave have been annoying up to this point uh, you let lamar get to the super bowl man Woo! oh yeah I mean, we have the potential, as the texture pointed out, to have three Louisville quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Obviously, only one of them starting. That'd be pretty wild with uh, Lamar and Malik on Baltimore's roster and Teddy in his swan song in Detroit. I love that if it's the case. like Especially if if Teddy doesn't have to really do anything. <laughs> I feel like he he kind of deserves that. You know what I mean? Like right. with, with the bad luck that he's had and, and that sort of – and just the way he has – develop this decade-long now um, reputation in the league as such a great teammate and like a locker room guy and all of that, I the, uh, nothing would make me happier than for him to get to at least be a part of a Super Bowl, even if it's not the team he's out there on the field quarterback. What if, and I'm not wishing injuries on anybody, but what if Goff goes down in the Super Bowl and Teddy just leads them to some crazy comeback and – Last possession, Lamar comes back and wins the game, but we just see this amazing duel between Lamar and Teddy. I just, I would die. Yeah, I would him. love to know. Well, I don't know. Would you be happy? See, I don't know about that. Like, I don't want to have to see that. I don't want Lamar versus Teddy in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, mean that, like I, it, I don't know I that do, I could I take that. It's, it's like Spencer just said. I do, but I don't. Because like, it literally is like choosing between your favorite sons. Like, you can't. It's it's impossible. Right. They're by the two might they are the consensus two favorite players in Louisville especially in modern history um but it would be such a great problem to have it felt a know. little weird not a lot but a little because you had Shuttle Rankins and Jonathan Grenard on the other side plus front line for Detroit well, there Houston was that defense. one touchdown that yeah. uh, that Lamar split the two of them you know when he 
when he scored and they were both in the frame on each side of him and it was like well hang that in uh <laughs> yeah, right. stadium now that's right <laughs> oh man but of course like lamar because i think as much because of the narrative you know with we all see lamar doing these amazing things and he's going to win his second mvp but there's still just narratives out there narratives everywhere can't win in the postseason whatever and he strikes him down a new one each year uh, and he's got the ultimate chance this year that I don't know if you'll find a Louisville fan who's not a fan of the other teams that they're playing this year that are remaining you know uh, Kansas City Niners Lions that wouldn't want to see Lamar as the starting quarterback crush that final narrative with Teddy Teddy's had a, a, a lovely career and we all love Teddy to death but and it would be an incredible thing for him to see, to see him like win a title as the starting quarterback. But if he's on the bench, and it's Jared Goff, I mean, I, nobody's cheering just to have Teddy get a ring. I don't know. Like it's unless it's Teddy versus somebody not named Lamar at quarterback on the other team. You know that that's that's the way I see it. Like if it comes down to that, like Lamar starting two time MVP, gonna win his first Super Bowl. Crush every last narrative remaining versus Teddy as a second-string quarterback winning a ring in his last year. I don't think that there's a debate there. It really is kind of remarkable how lopsided the quarterback play seems to be <laughs> in AFC versus in NFC. You know, you had Lamar, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and C.J. Stroud was like the next big thing. And on the NFC side, it was Baker's a retread. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. And Jared Goff was a cast off who, yeah. who the, I think you got to give him some credit for the the degree to which they've developed him. I mean, only Jordan Love was the, a young guy taken early in the draft with his original team out of any of them. You talk about in the NFC? I mean, yeah, like, like that. Yeah, on the and, NFC side, right. And Brock Purdy, right? I mean, that's that's well, not early in the draft. Though. Like he was right, Mr. right, right. He's Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. So it's it's funny. Like he's had a great year, but he wasn't the vaulted, you know first round second round third round draft pick um the conversation is absolutely different but that's how it's been in afc versus nsc quarterback wise i feel like for years now um the top of the afc the amount of elite quarterbacks they have is it's pretty unreal and some of those some of those faltered this year uh but it's you're still looking at a pretty incredible generation of quarterbacks it may not have been as deep as we thought but like joe burrow was hurt this year yeah. for half the year he's back next year hopefully the o-line's not gonna be another crapshoot for cincinnati but like the justin AFC, herbert herbert josh allen who talk about narratives like he can't beat kansas City in the playoffs yeah. so that would be awesome if lamar could beat the chiefs it's like lamar finally has one on mahomes yeah. josh you've had three chances you've yeah. got none of them so yeah. far Lamar jackson pat mahomes josh allen Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and then, I mean, Deshaun Watson was in that conversation before, you know, waves hands wildly. Jaden Daniels with the Patriots <laughs> next year? Is that, what you, is that what we're doing? I don't want that necessarily, <laughs> but that that's probably, that's what I think is going to happen. At this, as of today, is what I think is going to happen. Tua, I think, is a little up in the air for people, you know, but C.J. Stroud obviously is in the conversation. Um, Aaron Rodgers next year? No, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, until Aaron Rodgers plays more than a series for the Jets, I don't think you can have talk to talk with him about uh, or talk about him as one of the elite quarterbacks in the AFC. We'll see. Right now, he's just a uh, an elite uh, tire upper of resources with all of his friends. 
an elite, an elite tire upper of resources. <laughs> wow. He's an elite. Like, I'm trying to think of the best way. He's he's elite at getting his friends paid. Provocateur. Yeah, that too. But as far as how he affects my team. And uh, elite, like, lack of self-awareness when he says we got to get rid of all the distractions at the football building <laughs> that aren't football and winning. In this facility, it's like, what are you talking about? I'm going about on McAfee it? tomorrow He's like, by at the way, uh, 2 o'clock, tune in. Tune in. Yeah. <laughs> tune in. <laughs> like, come on, man. <sighs> Along those same lines, I think one of the things one of the things that I have enjoyed most and been most encouraged by uh, is all of the, the other Ravens players who have said this season after he got the big contract extension – that Lamar has done more of everything, not less. You know, so often, yeah. Dave, we talk in pro sports, guys get their big contracts after a contract year, and then they, they just chill because they, they've sort of arrived. They've gotten there. And instead, you've heard folks saying he's louder. He's yeah. more active. He's, he's at more meetings. He's watching more film. He's uh, more in people's faces. And I think we've seen that. There was a play uh, over the weekend against Houston where they, they ran the ball. I think it was on a second and short, and they got stopped. And you could hear him on the field, Mike, very quickly, just screaming at the sidelines, man, quit running that bleep. Like, you could just hear it. <laughs> and, and I don't really, you know, I don't remember him being that kind of vocal about things, but he really has taken ownership. Uh, there yeah. and it has played out well for them. It's been a good thing. I, be, I was, I never doubted it, but it's just always good to hear. Like even getting his enormous contract uh, got you more of the good things about Lamar, not bad, not well, less. He's always been. Was there ever really a doubt from anybody who was actually familiar with him, who wasn't just an outside voice? Because he's always been a positive locker room yep. uh, presence who inspires without really trying, uh, without being anybody but himself inspires extreme loyalty from his teammates because he is a genuine person and leader and he wasn't always as vocal but he was always like he always hyped up his guys on the sideline and everything like that and he's just gotten more and more vocal as you said over the years did you see that caller into chris canty's show did you see the clip of that today no on twitter so chris canty is has a radio show with a couple of people and um Somebody called in, and, and they gave him a lot of runway to talk, but he ended up just telling on himself, you know. And he was like, well, Lamar's just not a leader. And Chris Canty interrupted him. He was like, what do you mean he's not a leader? Expand. He's like, well, yeah. And he, his, his initial, even though that's all Chris Canty said, was asked him a question about a statement. He immediately went, oh, you got to let me talk. You cut me off. And he was like, I'm going to let you talk. I'm asking you a question. You made a statement that Lamar isn't a leader answer the question upon what? how was he not a leader yeah you know and and he couldn't the, his only response was he's not patrick mahomes that was his response and he said oh. nobody is we've already said that he's a singular talent in what he does you haven't yet responded how he isn't a leader and he was like well he's one and three in the playoffs he said, he's two and three you know he kept like cutting him off and telling him and then they're in the afc championship game like try again and the guy just it was clear his 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 ass was showing you know, on the radio, and, and he went on to say a lot more stuff um, that was uh, nonsense. And Chris Canny rebuffed him pretty, pretty heartily. It was just the the criticisms of Lamar get more and more ridiculous over time. You know, like I think the it's it's accepted there 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 isn't really a debate anymore. He's going to win his second MVP. The conversation is settled, and the goalpost gets moved and moved, and every 
conversation, like any anything that could be considered even like a halfway legitimate criticism has a chance to be completely crushed this year if he wins a Super Bowl. Um but if he doesn't this year, he'll he'll win it another year, I think. It, it, but obviously, those those chances aren't a given. You know, you can't always assume that they'll be back, especially with Mahomes being inevitable every year and Josh Allen being present, C.J. Stroud just coming up, you know, and and um, Justin Herbert maybe getting a real coach. We never <laughs> we'll we'll see. Uh, Cleveland having an elite defense, you know, all these things. Um, but I expect I I think this is the year for him. And I hope it is because I hope that last bastion, that last criticism is legitimately destroyed and there's absolutely nothing they can grab onto. I mean, yeah, to your point, like how many times do we say like, oh, they'll be back, just wait till next year. Right. Like we did, like Josh Allen hasn't been back since 2020 or whatever year that was. And like other guys, like there's a stat that I've mentioned before where it's like every starting quarterback in a Super Bowl that's lost, their first appearance has never been back. Since I think Elway was the last one mm. to like lose his first Super Bowl appearance that's as pretty, a start that's and then make it back. Stat. Yeah, like there's Kaepernick, obviously is one of them. Um, like Holmes, obviously he wins that first time. Like Jimmy G, I know those are two that were like elite players, but there's some guys on that list that you thought like, oh, like surely they'll be back, and yeah. they just never made it back to the Super Bowl. Like Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow well, in recent history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan Marino's the ultimate example of that. Right, he uh, goes early, early in his, in his career careers. and then never goes back. And I can't help but wonder, uh, it's not his fault uh, per se, although, gosh, he had the go-ahead touchdown and he got bumped and, and wasn't able to complete it and didn't throw the, the uh, that little crossing route that would have set up a lot easier field goal. Uh, but Josh Allen, to me, like at this point in his career, has feels like our generation or this generation's Dan Marino. Like, this guy's awesome. Mm. He's going to put up bonkers numbers all the time. And just be cursed with having to be in the AFC with guys who are on better teams than he is. That's probably fair. I mean, we'll see what they do in the offseason. There's a lot of people throwing around, you know, their investment in weapons, which I thought they conveniently left out Stephon Diggs, you know, as as a weapon that they invested in. They traded a first-round draft pick and got back a top-five receiver. Uh, But there's probably some validity to the fact that they haven't really, you know, Gabe Davis is, is okay, but there's questions about him all the time. I think Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox are good, uh, and those were those were solid uh, top draft picks they spent on on receiving options. But they could probably uh, use a a real number two, you know, and, and push Gabe Davis maybe down to a three. Like they could use another a compliment on the other side from Stephon Diggs. Um, but it was it's wild. It says something when every time Josh Allen unfurled that that deep ball late in the game, and he's never afraid to do it. You know, like that's the thing. Like they, they kept dialing it up in the fourth quarter. He had a couple of big bombs. I just always think it's going to drop into somebody's open hands, and when it doesn't, I I breathe a sigh of relief because I had a fair amount of money on the on the Chiefs. Who was the one that had <laughs> the drop late in the game? Was this Shakir that like had Diggs? It, Diggs. Was, it was Diggs. Well, no, the one that he thought he caught it but it hit the ground. Was that also Diggs on that play too? No, that was. Oh, I, that was Shakira. Okay, that, 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 yeah. yeah, that that was Shakira, and it was clear he didn't. When it, he yeah, we see the replay. Yeah. The ball's bound, it, yeah, bouncing. He had, it, he had it on his chest. Yeah, you know, but, but like Gruel Town's like, oh my gosh, that what a, like what a play by Josh Allen Shakira, right. yeah, to make that work. Yeah, I know Diggs with a sideline one where it just like yeah. completely missed him. But that's the thing that they gotta get the chemistry down. And I mean, part of it's not the chemistry necessarily, but that just was the factor yesterday in the loss. So we have to have it. Like Mahomes at this point, it's hard to deny what he's done going to six straight. AFC Championship games 
with a different cast of characters. I mean, he's had, obviously there was the conversation like, well, he had Kelsey and Hill. I mean, who wouldn't win with those guys? And then they're, Hill's gone and they haven't made the proper investment in receiver in the last couple of years. And he's had a ton of drops everywhere. And Mahomes gets increasingly more and more agitated at the world. Uh, I mean, he won a Super Bowl last year. And this year he looked like a petulant child half the season because, I mean, every call that doesn't go his way is a travesty and everybody who drops the ball, I understand that part. Um, I mean, imagine if he was uh, married to Giselle, what she would have been saying after some of these games. I don't know. Mahomes' <laughs> wife's also kind of uh, I know, in the line. Has, more of a has she ever said, he can't catch the ball too, though, Yeah, like Giselle has. And so also, Brady's not as famous. She's famous because she's married to Patrick. She's always famous yeah. before she met Brady, obviously. She's also now uh, Taylor Swift's bestie. You know, Who so. wouldn't be Taylor Swift's bestie? I want to be Taylor Swift's bestie. I, mean, actually, Actually, I want to be Jason Kelsey's bestie. Oh, yeah, Jason. Ke- I, be. I mean, I think that was the one show I was like, Jason Kelsey, and, like his wife's in the background just minding her own, like hanging with Taylor Swift and Donna Kelsey. And did they, I know you talked earlier, like Jason's just shirtless I, in there just living his best I life. I love him. I love him so much. Like, I, Mark, I said earlier uh, before you were on that I feel like he has the highest approval rating in the NFL, and it's not close. Um, I don't yes. know who who would be second. I don't even know. Like Jason Kelsey has the highest approval rating of any player in the NFL. I did think there were two parts of that video that were very funny. There's the the first where Brit, uh, Brittany Mahomes, Taylor Swift are celebrating, and you can see Pat Mahomes Sr. Yeah, in yeah, front yeah. of them in that box, <laughs> not in the mood for any of this. Yeah. Right, like just totally put out with the the I guess probably the volume, you know, of right. everything there. He's like, I and remember when this was, there, you know, a civilized box. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I've been here for and years. There, What's going on? Where Jason Kelsey jumps out and greets a fan, uh, and you can see, I think it's him again. He leans his head out the box to Jason Kelsey. And he's like, "Kyle said, get your ass back in here." <laughs> to, about. Yeah, and I was like, man, that is that is perfect. Like for as you know, <laughs> these guys, uh, no downside to either one of those two at this point. No. Both of them just phenomenal sons. I bet you that mom can't shut up. Oh, I, I guarantee it. And Jason Kelsey's out there like picking up like young Taylor Swift fans and bringing them up so they can show their sign to Taylor stuff like that. It's just like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Dread hammering a beer with with uh, with Bill's Mafia in the stands. Gotta love all of it. They look like they were genuinely uh, enjoying themselves oh, in in an environment where it looked like no one was enjoying themselves. <laughs> that place looks miserable. Woof. I felt this bad for that one stuff. Bills fan they kept showing after the game that's crying when uh, Scott Norwood 2.0 missed the field goal. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> oh. Tyler Bass. I forgot to say for a split second. So I just yes. went to Norwood. Wasn't there a – there was a story on him that his dad, like uh, – I'll have to read it. I think his dad passed away, and, and he Tyler uh, Bass. No, this fan that they kept showing. Oh gosh, yeah, no. and, and and he was like he helped build the stadium. I'll have to read the story again because I don't want to get it wrong. But yeah, it was uh, there was a backstory to the guy who was. Which look, man, you're allowed to cry over sports. It's all good, sure. <laughs> especially if you're a tortured fan base like <laughs> Buffalo that has not been. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. I did like that they kept showing. I think they did show that old Lions fan more than Taylor Swift this weekend. Right. That one old Lions fan that's had tickets for like 60 years or whatever. Good for that guy. Absolutely. Uh, I hope he gets a Super Bowl out of it. I really do. Yeah, man, that's the thing. Like, I, I, 
if the Ravens don't win, God forbid, the Lions are are a close second. And the worst case scenario this weekend is if the Niners and the Chiefs win. I'm like, come on. I don't want any of these teams to win. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would root for either one of those uh, if if I had to. No, that, that's you're right. You're it's 100% awful, right. right. That is it's worst awful. case for this weekend. I, do, I want someone to get some sort of validation that they've not had up to this point. Yes. Uh, whether it be Lamar or the Lions fans. And, look, the idea of two weeks of media buildup of Ann Campbell sounds incredibly fun. Yes, absolutely. And I'll like I'll uh we've had that conversation that you had with, with Tyler when he was on. Um I mean when when Man Campbell was uh was introduced as coach and he had his kneecaps uh statement and all that and you're like, Man, you just assume at that point you're like, Oh, this is a this is another guy he's a meathead. His, yeah, he's gonna get his job, you know, based on you know, a GM not really reading the room properly and being like, Oh yeah, like buying this Buying it in the room, like buying his his meathead footballisms in the room, and he's, maybe he's not really that good of an X's and O's coach. And then he's like, no, he's actually very, he's the best of both worlds. Like he's a motivator. Um, you know, the the players respond to him, and he's also like a a level headed builder of a team who who's a hell of a coach. And it's been it's been awesome to watch. I do believe in Dan Cameron. I like what he's doing, but also like. If he has both quarters, like Aaron Glenn and uh, Ben Johnson, who are both interviewing for head coaching opportunities, does he fall back like kind of the Sirianni line, where it's like you're good at your job, but also your quarters were very good. Sure, sure. And I, get, I believe in Dan Campbell. I think he'll keep it running, get, hire the best people. But that is something you got to answer. Like, if you were to lose not just one but both coordinators, how do you replenish that next season? Well, I think that's ultimately the challenge that almost any successful NFL coach faces. Uh, which is why I, you know, I think there are almost no NFL coaches who aren't real nerdy experts on something, right? Like the, the you've got to have a background of having mastered one side of the ball, uh, and then your your assistants, have, I think, have got to implement that. Your your coordinators, and I, I don't really know how many uh, Dabo or Urban Meyer like CEOs there are in the NFL. You got to be a nerd on one side of the ball for sure. Hour number two here in the books. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. I'm going to make us all turn around and go back to the damn DePaul game. So we'll talk about that on the other side here. (sighs) On the drive on Thunderville. Be right back.